Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast, where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics and guidance around the Cornwall property market. Stay tuned to be informed, inspired and to have any of your property-related questions answered by trusted local property professionals. Here we are, episode 15. Back in the room. Good to be here. We have lights, we have cameras, and we are here for some action. We certainly (laughs) are. Good to be back, for sure. So, episode 15. Again, welcome for those that is the first time you've listening to the Cornwall Property Podcast, and welcome back for those that are are starting to be regulars, which is brilliant, and we really do appreciate it. So, a little update on... I am James. Sorry, I'm not James. I'm Dan. I hope not, and I'm James. (laughs) And um, we are here to help inform, educate, inspire you guys to get involved in property um, with a particular emphasis on the Cornwall property market and really what is really <clears throat> our motivation and um, our aim is to help bridge this issue we've got in Cornwall with the housing crisis. There's not a lot of stock, but a lot of people need some homes. So we're just trying to help educate you guys and see how you can help, how we're going to try and help um, get that housing crisis narrowed down and um, get the numbers looking a bit healthier, really. That's the aim. That's it. So, James, how was it? What, what, what can people look forward to? Uh, well, we've got lots of uh, great content, but you know, this content can only be possible if it's from uh, you know our listeners and viewers. So, how do you get in contact with us? Standard way is that you can uh, go to CornwallPropertyPodcast.com, scroll down to the very bottom of the page, and you can send us a message with anything property related, or you know anything that you just hear on the show. Or you can also follow us on socials and send us uh, a message on um, uh, Facebook, and uh, yeah, just get in touch with us. We love hearing from you but you know you're an integral part of the show because without you guys we wouldn't be able to uh, have the um you know the information uh from you guys and all the questions and things so as always thank you very much for your feedback definitely definitely thank you we've had some good questions recently as well but um mm. so yeah this episode here is a market update we will give you some well, news topics that have caught our eye over the last week and we've then got a pick of the week so i have a commercial property that i is currently vacant on the market here in cornwall and james has a residential property so we will be sharing those with you and what opportunities may may be out there for you too. So let's get kicking. Let's get started. I have picked um, an interesting one. James, well, I think is interesting. Might be less interesting for others, but it's something that we all need to be aware of. And it is an article which is basically looking at how a lot of landlords at the minute are aiming and now actually purchasing more newer properties than they are older properties. So mm-hmm. the 50% of the purchases this year have, well, have mainly been with new properties simply because it's a lot easier to get EPC ratings higher. Now, the problem we've got, okay, is at the moment, a property, if you're letting a property, it has to achieve an EPC of an E rating to be let out legally. Now, rules are changing. The government are, are proposing that by 2025, that if you're going to be renewing your lettings, you need to be achieving a C as a minimum. And that's quite a big difference for these older properties. Big time. Now, there's a significant lot, uh, amount of newer properties now being purchased as a result of this because obviously landlords, if they're coming into the market, they're seeing these these figures that, oh, crikey, I've got to get these older properties that may be ease, these, even worse, and I've got to try and upgrade them. There could be a lot of money having to be spent because a lot of these properties at the minute, they're doing as much as they can with regards to well, how, can, how much more insulation can they add, what light fittings are they using, these sort of things all play into these EPC ratings, the heating efficiency-wise as well. Um, so this is just something that landlords are obviously gearing up about and are now more aware of. And as I say, it's, it's something that's going to be going to be top hot topic, really. Excuse the pun. So, what are your thoughts on that, James? It's a good one. Uh, 
in one respect to me, and it's also a bad one. I start with the good. Always good to start with the good. Um, <laughs> we live in Cornwall. It's a very green county anyway, so I can see why the government might be bringing these rules in because we've got targets for 2030 to be a greener uh, country. Uh, so from that side of things, I think is very, very good. But I think, uh, as you've just you know touched upon, it's the older properties, and there yeah. are a lot of older properties in Cornwall. I mean, you tell me how you're going to get you know a cottage, uh, you know, a granite cottage that's an EPC rating, an E or an F, and you've got to bring that up. There is only so much you can do, especially when it's only powered on electric, for example, as well, because at the minute you're still penalised for having electric. Absolutely. And if we then, you know, look at the housing crisis with how many people on the waiting list to come into, uh, you know, Cornwall Living, uh, it's kind of like, well, for those unencumbered properties that are cottages run down, they're damp and they're horrible. Who is going to want to buy that to refurbish it, to bring it back to the market? Because they know they're never going to be able to rent it out because they're not going to achieve the uh, the correct EPC. And I think just, just Cornwall generally, it's, it's known for its older style properties uh, with the, co- you know, the cottage culture. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting one but will i think what would you know would it be fair to say that okay there's epc but for the older style properties there is you know a bit of a break clause that look we understand you're not going to be able to you know do so much yeah. to it because it's made of granite unless you knock it down and start again i think there needs to be some maybe a bit of leniency towards the older style yeah similar to i suppose to what is out there for a grade two listed building for example so some grade two listed buildings you can be exempt from epc um certification and things like that because it, it is seen as near enough impossible without damaging the the aesthetics of the building and the type of the building it is so again just some more stats here so this report has been um is focused on from a letting agency called hamptons and it's hamptons who have said suggested this that there's a significant switch to newer properties for landlords so just to reiterate epcs stands for energy performance certificate so these are valid for 10 years and after this time, landlords are only required to update this EPC if they're reletting their property. So the government is proposing that the rental properties meet if um, a compulsory EPC rating of a C band on tenancies by December 2025. Um, so if you're renewing your tenancy, then by 2025, it needs to be um, a C rating or higher. Mm. However, what they're proposing is that's only if you're reletting. So if you've got a tenant that is still in the property, but over that date, you don't need to renew it or anything like that. However, what they're proposing is by 2028, you must have all privately rented properties must be a C rating or more. So these are the figures out there. Great. They look great on paper. Practically, mm-hmm. I can't see how they're going to meet it. Can't see no, how they're going to meet it. I don't it. either. So again, that's just an interesting <clears> one. <throat> we have been working with energy assessors on some of our developments and we've been Really, really trying to future-proof this. Again, I always reiterate, I see EPCs and the energy efficiency ratings going, you're going to be taxed, I believe, on it eventually. Mm. Um, like already there's there's more in, uh, incentive, more incentives for particular mortgage companies to give you better rates if your property is more energy efficient. So, for example, you get a better rate from a mortgage company on some mortgage companies if you're a mm. C rating or higher because they're trying to incentivize you to make your property more energy efficient. So... These are all sort of things that are going to be out there. I see this going the same way as car emissions. The the more eco-friendly your property, the less you'll pay in certain taxes, perhaps. So it might be on a council tax basis or there might be some kind of like tariff that they, they bring in. But um, yeah, they, they, this needs to be looked at in a bigger a bigger view, I feel, because it's going to take a lot of money and a lot of time to get these get these properties mm. to these sort of standards. You, you might also, sorry to interrupt that, Dom, you might also find that as technology goes along in the next five to ten years for example i know hydrogen's a massive talking point at the moment and a lot of uh, british gas boilers that you have installed at the moment even a gas boiler 
it will say on the packet that it is hydrogen compatible. So although hydrogen um, supply isn't readily available at the moment, it might be in five years' time. So I think maybe they might bring in, okay, look, you've got a Cornish cottage and it's an EPC rating of an E. It's not great because it's made of uh, granite and it's quite a cold, damp cottage. However, if you put a hydrogen boiler in place you might be able to get some more points they might do a more epc pointy point rich scheme uh for you know better technology that comes into place so yeah, we'll have to it, see it all comes down to cost at the same time that's a great idea but how much is that going to cost to actually get that into your property into your boiler it's, it's yeah. there's big expenses and people can't afford that look especially with the way energy prices are going now as well so yeah yeah again Good numbers point. look great but logistics i can't see how it's going to be very easily um yeah, run out long term. So that was one article um, that caught my eye. And the second one, again, it's quite alarming, I suppose. The second article is from This Is Money. And again, all of the articles that we relate to today and reference today, we've got them on the show notes. So if you wanted to read it, read them in a little more depth, uh, you can access those on the show notes. So the other article I'm looking at is is how the tenancies, or tenants are generally having been hit by a double whammy at the minute. So not only are they getting higher rents, but there's a lot less choice for them on the market currently. So an article here that we're looking at. So Findings as part of a, a capital economics, com which were commissioned by the National, National Residential Landlords Association, known as the NRLA. So they did a study and they found that we need an extra 230,000, sorry, 100,000. So 230,000 rental properties are needed every single year to be added to the market in order to reach demand. So they're saying an extra, I'll say that again, an extra 230,000 Rents properties added to the market. Now, to put that into to context for you, the stats here say that between 2016 and 2020, four years, there was an average net addition of private rental properties of 5,000 a year. So, mm, again, <laughs> some interesting numbers. Realistically, is it doable? So, again, I'm just going to set it down because I know I'm just chucking people numbers here. So, in four years, between 2016 to 2020, there was an average of 5,000 new private rental properties added to the market each year. But what we're saying now and what this study is saying is in order to reach the actual demand that is currently out there, we need to be adding more like 230,000 properties a year. That's a staggering, staggering, staggering amount. So um, in those four years, we've added roughly 20,000. Um, let's just top that up a little bit, hey? Yeah, that's massive, isn't it? Puts it into context there and just how bad it is out there at the minute. And there's no, no, no surprises why we're struggling down here in Cornwall. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that would tie in quite nicely with the levelling up uh, sort of government programme that we talked about a few episodes ago that... If let's be realistic, are they going to be able to hit that target? My own personal view here today on the podcast, I don't think so. Mm. But could there be more attractive mortgage uh, products out there that work with government scheme, like shared ownership? They'll bring something out like no deposit, for example, uh, to help those first-time buyers that are going to maybe, they won't get the rentals figures up, but people, first-time mm. buyer stats will go. Because that's what it's all about, you know, getting new living, isn't it? Yeah, it's just getting your foot on that ladder yeah. from the first place. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, some alarming figures. But I know there's a lot of big, big players, legal in general, for example. Um, there's some big, big pension companies that are investing a lot, a lot of money into private rental, into the private rental sector. So perhaps we'll bring some more news on that. But there's, there, is, there, are, there are moves being made mm -hmm. on this sector and to try and hit these sort of numbers. But I still think we've got a long, long, long way to go. Yeah. But um, yeah, just some st staggering numbers that caught my eye and I thought I'd share with you you guys and the listeners. So um, 
Yeah, James, what have we got from yourself? Yep, so I've got a few financial bits here. And uh, as I always say uh, on every um, uh, podcast that we do this on, just always seek uh, professional uh, financial advice, uh, you know, from a a professional. But a few few bits that have jumped out at me uh, in the last week. Uh, I've got this headline here, a bit of a roundup for 2021. Majority of remortgages taken in 2021 were five-year fixed. So some stats here, over half, 52% of remortgages in 2021 were on a five-year fixed. uh, And this was on the annual uh, remortgage report. Meanwhile, 37% of remortgages taken out were of the two-year variety. And only 2% were on a 10-year fix, which I find quite surprising considering that the interest rates were really, really low um, last year, which I'll come on to in a moment. Um, Continuing on from that, we've got overall remortgage activity grew in 2021 with a steady increase in both instruction and completion volumes after the stamp duty holiday extension was announced in March. As we know, we got huge amounts of first-time buyers trying to get on the ladder because, you know... Take advantage of the opportunity, yeah. Absolutely, and why wouldn't they? Um, the most popular reason to remortgage was to release equity. Uh, obviously, people are taking advantage of the, the wonderful rates, with 28% of borrowers opting to do so, with 27% looking to lower their monthly payments. So I think anybody on a variable uh, was laughing about anybody that was on, you know, like a two-year fixed or five-year fixed, and they were last year coming to the end of that, they were more than happy to refinance mm. and tie in at a much better rate to keep their monthly payments down. Why wouldn't they uh, do that? Um, but at the moment, it's just, it's a very interesting time, isn't it? We've had um, already 2022, we've got two um, uh, base rate rises and it's just you know the the political situation at the moment obviously we're here to talk about property but there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment in the world and uh, you know what does this mean for mortgages what do you think Dan? One thing I like about property is that it's unlike unlike other investment vehicles such as stocks crypto is you don't get real-time figures with property do you so day-to-day in bitcoin um for example, if I had shares in Bitcoin, crikey, I'd be watching it constantly. Well, I do have some Bitcoin, but not enough to really worry about. But yeah, I'd be constantly watching it and seeing it fluctuate. And then you get your nerves and then people get panicky. Same with, sh- with stocks. It's so volatile. What I love about property is you don't get that real-time figure. It's You only really worry about that figure when it means something to you, when you're coming for a remortgage, when you mm, want to sell. That's a good point. Well, that's what I really do like about property is it just, I find it a little bit less, let me wrong, getting into property. Once you've got the property, I find it a little bit less stressful than those other types of um, investment vehicles. But yeah, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. But you've got you can only control or worry about what you have physical control over. I suppose don't don't. I just my advice would be just stop worrying about things that you have no control over, and things that you can control. Well, make it work. Make it work for you. But um, yeah, that, that's really my kind of view on it. I suppose a bit more you know, in a positive sphere as well. Property is great because you haven't got to, you're not going to stress yourself. The only time it's really a worry or a concern is when you need it to be. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, uh, sort of my view on it is that the rates at the moment are still relatively really, really mm, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it was my own mystic meg approach, do I think that we're going to be exactly where we are now with the base rate in December? No. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we've had the pandemic 
for the last uh, two to three years and we're going to have to pay back the bill somehow. So it's inevitable that the rate rises will go up. So uh, I actually, you know, personally, I'm going to be refinancing on my, because my two-year fix is coming up uh, for renewal in October. So, you know, I will be tying in for a five-year fix because I can mm-hmm. see the, the rates rising over the next two yeah, to three years. It's not going to go back so, down, is it? You know, tuck into those lovely rates and get something secured. And uh, maybe we'll find that the variable rate will drop uh, because people just want to get you know, tied in at today's mm. fixed, uh, uh, you know, rate, which is, as I say, relatively good. So we shall see. No, um, definitely. Definitely agree. And then just all this uncertainty and the worry, you know, we often look at it from the borrower's perspective and, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to be best for me. But I found an interesting uh, headline here, which is actually from, you know, headline two, which is the lender's main concern for 2022. So it's always good to look at the other side of the fence, isn't it? The people that are actually lending. And uh, I got some of these uh, bits of information. So we've got Coming onto what is hopefully the last lap of the COVID pandemic and considering all the changes of the past two years uh, was uh, put onto society, excuse me, the economy and the way we are governed. Mortgage strategy thought it was an apt time to ask a member of lenders uh, what the risks are were coming for 2022. One of the main things that cropped up was the supply and demand. By far the most common reply was the imbalance in the number of people wanting to buy a property and the number actually available, similarly to what you were coming on to about supply and demand. demand. Uh, and the government has a target of 300,000 new homes each year, says Glenn Hawke, Managing Director. Uh, and But many think this target would not be met in 2028. And, you know, I really can't see that it is going to be met. No, no, no. Yeah, as we've as we've spoken about already in this podcast, it's just it's, it's chucking numbers out. Is where's the realism? I just can't see it. No. Can't yeah. See it. And the other thing that leads on with that is the interest rate risk is what the lenders are looking at. And at the time of writing um, this article um, in the past week, inflation doesn't appear to be going away anytime soon. And many believe the recent upward revisions of the base rate are only the first of many, which we came into with the inflation side of things. And, you know, politically, with everything that's going on in the world uh, at the moment, you know, inflation doesn't look like it's going to be going down. I mean, they're trying to level out by doing this with, you know, the base rate, but with the things that are going on, cost of living is going to be going up. And again, I think this is an exact reason and, and follows on nicely from your other article in that this is the exact reason why you want a fixed, a long-term fixed rate, because you know what you're getting, you know what your outgoings are going to be monthly. If Obviously, you want to try and control those outgoings as best as you possibly can in your budgeting. We've said this on previous podcasts. What would we need to do? Get your numbers, your monthly outgoings written down on paper. Find out exactly what you're paying every single month, every bill. Mm-hmm. Get that clear. Get it. Get it rigid in your head. Then try and just keep that, lower them if you can. The last thing you want to be doing is seeing it going up. But mortgage is a good one. If you can get a fixed, nice fixed term, you know what you're paying and you know for the duration it's going to stay there. Obviously, energy prices at the minute, it's scary, scary. 50% increases in a lot of cases. So we just need to keep those numbers down. But again, this is, yeah, it doesn't surprise me, these lenders' concerns. But hearing those lenders' concerns, it only for me shows that rates are going to go going to go one way um which is why you want to secure yourself a good rate while you get the chance yeah absolutely we don't want it to be all you know worry and gloom no, and, and concerns but it's just the reality of where the base rate you know is going but um the saving grace at the moment is that if we talked about in previous podcasts there are 
thousands of mortgage mm. lenders coming back with with the market and it is very very competitive so although the rates are going up i think they're all going to be competing with one another to do something a bit different to give you um you know a cheaper or free arrangement fee something like that mm. and you know there are you know 30 year mortgages out there that you can tie in uh, today but you know i think everybody knows the way in which the market's going and uh, but at least you've got plenty of choice i think is the main thing and so as, as long as the choice is there that keeps the rates competitive doesn't it so absolutely that's what we want. take advantage of it while you have it definitely right so that brings us over to the picks of the week so as i mentioned um myself dan we i have picked a commercial property and mm-hmm. james has got a residential property so these are properties that are on the market currently in cornwall they are empty properties that we want to see brought back to the market and and to be homing people so i click on my one so those of you that are watching on youtube you can physically uh, you'll be able to see the property here in uh, in real time those of you that are listening on an audible um device then you can find the links to the property on right move links on the show notes again so you can see the ones we're talking about so the, yeah, the property I've got here, it's uh, Springfield Road in Newquay. It's a commercial property. It's a large commercial townhouse. It's got some scope. Well, it's 10 bedrooms over three floors. It's got scope to actually be split into two properties here, actually, also. So if I was to swing through a couple of the photos, just to give you an idea, it's a typical Newquay property, very dated inside, as you can see. Looks like it's been used as like a surf lodge mm. as well. Big commercial kitchen, like dorm-type bedrooms as well, sinks in each bedroom. So again, very dated, but... Shows that there's facilities available as well with regards to drainage and water throughout the property. And there's scope there. There's a nice outside space as well. So, yeah, some some good opportunity there. Price, yeah, 375, 375,000. Yeah, not too bad. Obviously, this is all subject to planning, whatever you wanted to do. But it's a good opportunity there. It's a big block of um, property that you could get for a half-decent price and add some good value and, and split. Let's say it's 10 bedrooms currently over three floors. It has been used as a surf lodge. Central location to Newquay. Um, could suit a home, could potentially be split into two homes, could be a HMO, a house of multiple occupancy and, and house even more people. But again, this is an, an empty property that could be housing quite a few people if if it were if it was to work for someone. So again, this is on with Start and Co in Newquay and um the guy price is three hundred and seventy five thousand pounds. So thoughts on that one, James? Yeah, I like it. I think you've, the main word I picked up from that was space. Lots mm. of space. If you've got lots of space, and you can create lots of rooms and uh, beds uh, for people, and that's directly lined with you know why we're doing this podcast to try and help that housing crisis and you know give the people that are in, you know, on the waiting list. So uh, HMO could be quite a good way to go for this. Quite popular in Newquay HMOs, uh, house multiple uh, occupancy, and uh, yeah, you could give quite a few rooms. But like you say, you could split it into a couple. Of, there's numerous options. So I think it's quite interesting for the we'll right say, investor. Just looking at the floor plan, if those are watching on YouTube, looking at the floor plan here, you can see it's got you've got on the. On the right-hand side, the two sets of stairs on opposite sides of the bolt building. It could easily be split in half, and you, I reckon you could probably get two four beds, at least two fours, maybe a five-bed house each side. So, again, could be a good opportunity there for someone. In fact, James, I think we need to go view it. <laughs> I'd like to. <laughs> I get it booked. Let's <laughs> get it booked. So, um, James, your property then. Yeah, we got? Um, Right at the other end of the uh, scale, if that's you know what you had, I think that's quite a you know, fairly big uh, renovation or, or change of plan. There's risks uh, involved as there well. There are guys. risks. Planning, and, planning is a big one. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, we're here to just you know not give direct advice, but just you know share our stories. I probably so that was probably more geared towards 
an experienced investor Definitely. that kind of uh, has had a bit of experience in planning and that type of stuff, as opposed to this one here, um, which is a one-bedroom first-floor apartment on Nicholas Street in Bodmin. It's on the market at 87500 quite reasonable. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's quite a light renovation, really. Um, you know, new carpets, uh, new paintwork, um, and new bathroom, but nothing too challenging, really. And I think you can add value here, and you could probably do this refurb, I reckon, within eight weeks. And what I really like about it is that it's got... Um, it's got private parking, which is always a bonus, especially yeah. in Bodmin, quite busy. Uh, on-street parking can be a bit of a nightmare. But also it's got 999 years on the lease. Oh, uh, and uh, for those of you um, who don't know what a leasehold property is, it basically, breaking it down, it means that you own the property, but you don't own the land on which it stands. Uh, so mortgage lenders uh, are happy with that. But on a leasehold, they like to see 999 years remaining on it, uh, or certainly, um, you know, nothing less than 100 uh, years on the lease. Uh, but I, I think this could be a really good first time investment renovation uh, for somebody that's looking to get to property. What do you think, Dan? Definitely. I think the price is very, uh, very good too. So I'm, this is the figure I was looking at. Um, so, just previously touching on obviously the EPC side of things. This property here is currently an EPC of an E. So if someone was to buy this as a, an investment property uh, and to let it out currently, it would suffice. It's a, an EPC of an E. But what we're saying is this property, which looks lovely, it'd be criminal to, to go rip it to pieces and, and start to do major works. But we'd have to then try and get that to a C. Now that's going to take some work. You're going to be insulating all of the external walls at least by a good 40 to 50 mil of insulation, uh, you're going to have to put some extra in the ceilings, depend, um, uh, possibly the floors. So again, it just puts in perspective there what sort of works are going to be required to, to get these types of properties updated because this is a lovely, beautiful-looking building as well. Victorian, mm, classic. It's, yeah, it's absolutely stunning building, but this is a, the example here of the type of thing that you're going to have to be up against in the future if you're going to let this out. Don't be wrong. If this was someone's house uh, and someone wants to buy it for themselves, brilliant. Not a problem at all. You don't necessarily have to worry about that. However, if you're letting a property out by those dates, as mentioned earlier, these are sorts of things you've got to be aware of. Definitely. But I think it's an interesting one. For, Price uh, is very doable, isn't it? Eight, yeah. seven and a half thousand. Yeah, mm. for sure. And I don't think you need to spend a huge amount on that. I think probably you could do that somewhere within sort of ten to 15,000 with, with mm. you know, yeah, not really smart. massive amount for the uplift open up the kitchen living room potentially but yeah that's marketed by fast move in true so that brings us to the close on today's podcast and thank you very very much for listening i uh, hope you've taken some value from that james if people want to get in touch with us how can they do that yep you can find us in a number of ways you can uh, go to cornwallpropertypodcast.com uh, you can send us an email at hello at cornwallpropertypodcast.com or as many do go on uh, social media such as Facebook and you can send a message to us there but as always we love hearing from you so keep everything coming in we're here to listen and advise where we can definitely if you don't already please follow us on Facebook subscribe to the YouTube channel leave us a review let us know your thoughts and uh, anything you'd like to hear in particular but uh, that's a goodbye from me absolutely and that is goodbye from me have a good week, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye.